Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of In Star Trek We Trust, a Star Trek podcast. I'm Kevin, one of your hosts. And I am Ethan, the second of your hosts. And this week, we are discussing Season 3, Episode 4, Room for Growth. This episode was directed by Jason Zurich and written by famed defense attorney Johnny Cochran. Not really true, but it was written by someone named John Cochran, who, uh, interestingly, is uh, was first known to the television viewers as a contestant on Survivor, South Pacific. That would have been interesting. Johnny Cochran wrote this. It would have been fantastic. That's the lawyer who Jackie Childs on Seinfeld is based off of. Yes. Yeah. So that's so instantly who I thought of. This, me too. Well, it took a um, you know game show appearance and somehow spun it into a successful comedy writing career. So you know, good good on him. Yeah, made that work. And then the <clears throat> the director is known for the new Ducktales, the Boys animated series, a Transformers show, an Omniverse. Oh, the Legend of Korra. The wait, the, the Boys, uh, not the Amazon show. Yes. Jack Quaid's in that. Right. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. But they have a, a short, like a like an animated short. Oh, oh, okay. Like a, like a short boys. Yes. So a short track. Um, and Tron Uprising and Ben 10 Ultimate Alien. Also some um, Venture Brothers and Moonbeam City. That was a kind of a weird show. So a lot of different animated from the action to the comedy to the yep. kids. A nice rounded out um, animation directing career. Mm-hmm. Good on you, Jason Zurich. Room for growth. So, as you say, the fourth episode. So we're nearing the halfway mark with the season so far. Uh, I think with this one, very much like last week, I thought that it was very um, kind of middle of the road. I don't think that it stretched i don't think it did it reached too far beyond the sort of safe confines of a uh of a star trek episode in a in a way i feel like if this were live action this is what you would call a bottle episode save for the fact that they do spend time on another ship uh one of the plots is spent on another ship but for the most part this would be this sort of felt like in live action this would have been sort of like a cost saving episode Right. So for animation, I guess when you only go to one other ship, that's pretty much a bottle. Of right. But you know that if they had gone to the other ship, even in live action, those the sets for the other ship would have just been repurposed standing sets already. So yeah. bottle show meaning that you don't build new sets specifically. Although for we some weird parts of the ship we've never seen before. We have. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't, I'm with you. You know, it was a, um, it was a. It was an episode, and it um, had a, a beginning and a middle and an end. Mm. And it really felt it was more about the. I don't know. I felt like this week and last week were kind of more about the story. Yep. Because there weren't any of those huge um, laugh out loud jokes for me, really. So. No, I, you know. it, it it didn't feel to me like we were getting much in the way of character progression. I think to your point, it would, they were just meant to, they were just sort of plot heavy episodes, but it didn't, 
it didn't seem to me that the series that the episode ended with a character you know being in a place where they weren't in the beginning of the episode right um right i feel like it once again they learned that they actually appreciate each other and being lower deckers right. but i feel like they learned that lesson a half dozen times that's true it's 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 interesting because what i've noticed about the show this season so far is that they seem to be placing more emphasis on the lower deckness of the show. It seemed like for a while in that in season one and then even most of season two, while yes, the show was Star Trek Lower Decks, they it it didn't felt like there was they at times it felt like they strayed away a little bit too much from the again, as I say, the lower deckness of it. Mm. Uh, yeah, which is involved in the high level command situation. Right. right. Oh. And I'm speaking specifically of the sort of cold open that we got, which was we see the lower decks area of the ship packed with a little bit of extra people more than normal. So clearly there's something going on. And then we see the captain come through. She's Freeman's possessed by a mask. And then she's turning the ship into sort of like a medieval temple. And it's a mask very similar to the episode TNG map, the next generation episode masks. But what I, what I like about it is that there's two things I like about it. We have no idea what's actually happening. We don't know the context. We don't even need to know the context. Again, this is the lower deck side of it, but I like Mariner's kind of dismissal of it. Like, Ugh, this happens like this is like the third time this has happened. Like, Captain, stop, stop touching masks. It's not, it's not a good idea to touch masks. Yeah, yeah, appreciated that too. And I think that is something the show has not done enough of. Is just situation. They're not going to inform every single person right. on the ship. Or you might just see the weird um, after effects, right? Like that. That really worked well. So maybe a way of putting it is that. This episode, I think, felt like it could have come from the first season. Well, and a lot of the episodes this season felt like they could have come from the first season, because again, they they just they they they're they're reembracing the uh, that aspect of it and the fact that the crew the lower decks crew is not as informed as you know the senior staff would be. So mm. it's great. I like that they're going back to that. It's an interesting yeah. choice at this point in the in the show, but yeah. What do you think about the fact that Mariner said, um, "You know, we're not going to be lower deckers forever." Did that seem like a anything, or did that seem like, like a hint? A, a, a hint, or even just a sort of ironic, like, "Of course they will." It's called lower decks. We're well, yes, but I think I think it's definitely a hint. But I think that whenever that day comes, that's the end of the show. Mm. I would not want to see them not be lower deckers on the show. Um, in fact, it's funny. I was thinking the other night about that line kind of set me off on a little thought tangent. And I wondered, what does that happen, right? Do we actually reach that point at some time in the series? And I've, and I've brought this up numerous times over the years, you know, do we see characters advance beyond their ranks or do they just stay in, do they just stay there forever? We all, but we also don't know how much time is actually passing in the show. And right. will they just 
get advanced for story reasons and then they come right back. Right. But I can definitely see at some point, uh, is it the final episode of the show where you see a new team of lower deckers coming on and they're kind of like just passing the torch onto them and that's kind of where the show, that's how the show basically comes to a close. It's just another generation of lower deckers coming in as they make their way up, right? Right, yeah. I, um, I do think that if, if we're going to stay lower decks forever, lower deckers for for the whole run of the show, I think they, I would like to see the shows be funnier. Be funnier? Yes, be more funny. Because yeah. I feel like the last couple, I think that's kind of why I'm sort of sour on them, but a little meh, to mm. use an overused uh, sound, is because um, they sort of have just become episodes of star trek right. instead of the episodes of star trek to me right uh, and you know they haven't been the strongest of star trek no i so. i think i think that they have been amusing that's probably the, the way i would put that's it good, they've yeah. been amusing but yes. yeah not funny but amusing not laugh out loud funny i but i think we're gonna get there because I know that we're going to get a sequel episode to that one when they, the holodeck, the film spoof, we're going to get a sequel to that one. They're going to go to deep space nine. I'm sure that's going to, I'm sure that's going to be, you know, rather enjoyable as well. It's these, but yeah, I mean, it, it does feel very, it's just amusing right now. They're just kind of, it's, it's sort of lukewarm at this point. It's not, it's not bad. It's certainly not great. It's just very, it's, it's, I keep wanting to say it's just there. It just exists, and that's and that's it. It's not it's not pushing the envelope really in in any in any way right now. Yeah, you know, it's like an episode of um, Perfect Strangers. You know, you tune in, you watch it. Your life is not changed in any way. You never think about it again, and you come back next week. It's like any or sitcom from the eighties. Eighties is what cousin Larry. Yeah. So, of the two plots this week, so two of the plots focus on, one of the plots focuses on the captain and even wanting to get the engineering crew to de-stress, which I thought was pretty funny. And then you had another one about, the, so the remaining lower deckers are in a competition with a uh, different shift, lower deck shift, because suddenly some quarters on deck one have become available. And so now it becomes, and Tendi overhears them sort of plotting to sort of rig the system so they will win. And so now it becomes this competition between them and the other shift. So the first thing, but the first one I'll mention, I'll talk about is the plot focused on the engineering team. The engineering team, obviously needing to get the ship back to normal after what happened in the cold open. They're just complete workaholics. And what I loved about this plot was this was a plot that I could actually sort of relate, relate to not me personally, like I've seen, but I've seen it. And I've seen it in other places. People who just, no matter how hard they try, no matter what it is, they cannot detach themselves from work. And the only way to kind of de-stress is to continue working. And what I thought was great about this is, so the whole idea is that they come to this other vessel and it's meant to, they go on board this ship. It's like a, it's like a spa. And they're meant to go over there to just, again, de-stress from work and to relax. And they're not even there five minutes 
and the engineering team was already beginning to fix a door because something was wrong with it on this other ship. And of course, through all of this, as the captain keeps trying to get them to, to relax, she begins to start stressing out even more because they are not stressing out, because they are not relaxing. And what it ultimately comes down to is the captain just... They, they basically tell the captain that, you know, we can't relax unless we're doing work. We need to solution a problem in order to get ourselves to relax. So I, I don't know. I thought this plot was actually very, was highly enjoyable. I liked them going aboard the other ship and seeing the different ways that people were on board to de-stress. Particularly, you know, what the Klingon was doing, just throwing bat lefts and left and right. And the captain of that ship says, he's actually well over his time. We're just too afraid to go in there. Um, my favorite part of this story, and I think this is an interesting idea we haven't seen, and it makes sense. So we, we talk a lot about how the pairings and they pair off the characters. Yeah. Um, so putting them with their actual, um, you know, their team, so right. putting Rutherford with engineering was kind of a good idea. Right. It's a little, a little different mix. Right. Um, what generally, I, yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I thought it was, it was fine. Seeing them take the different relaxation um, right. uh, opportunities presented them and turned them into a work situation. Right. I thought it got a little silly at points, like putting a cucumber under there. Uh, yeah, that I was like, oh, that I was like thinking to myself, like, you're, um, you're engineers, and the best thing you can do is come up with a cu- is putting a cucumber under there. I thought you would have come up with something a little bit more advanced than that, but that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess deal. if it works, it works, right? Um, I guess it's the fact that it worked. What I think, what I found interesting about Rutherford was that, like, yeah, he needs to de-stress because he's a workaholic, but when we meet Rutherford in the pilot, and as we spend time with him all throughout the first season, he loves what he does. Like, I think it was very clear from the beginning that he, that his job is what excites him the most, no matter how mundane the task is. I mean, if you remember that episode in the first season when he spent two weeks in the Jeffrey's tubes and he was loving every second of it. And he said, like, he even came out of there saying, even my blisters have blisters, right? Like, he just clearly enjoys everything. It's like him and Tendi were just complete nerds about Starfleet, right? They And that's what we love about them. So I found it a interesting choice that Rutherford needed some type of relaxation or again de-stressing when clearly he just loves being an engineer an engineer and just doing anything no matter how again mundane it actually was right and it seems like this was where Captain Freeman recognizing that they really all they needed was a little bit of time off they didn't need all of this they just right. she kind of overworked them. they had to repair when she turned the ship into a ancient temple. Right. Like she was, she was, she was kind of mad that they weren't stressed out enough. Yes. Yes. And uh, it kind of reminds me of how on next gen, they're always trying to get Picard to take a vacation and he won't. Well, right. I mean, that's the whole, yeah. And that's the whole um, plot of the captain's holiday, right? They need him to go on vacation. I mean, every, almost every Trek series at one time or another has an episode like this where the crew wants the captain to take some time off and relax. I mean, it happened so numerous... Say again? I guess this is a flip because you have the captain wanting the crew right. to take some time. Right, exactly. Um, 
I really, but I really enjoyed the solution that they came up with because ultimately what ends up happening with this plot line is that them going onto this other ship doesn't really do anything. The captain gets unbelievably stressed and the engineering team on the Cerritos actually end up building a device that just de-stresses her immediately. And she loves it. And then the kind of, she wasn't the captain, but she was sort of like the, the one overseeing all of this, the one running all of it on the ship gets really pissed off and says, I want you to eject that thing into space right away because you realize like if they were able to solution the solution that so easily, it kind of puts her in a way out of a job. And she's like, I need you to, she's like, eject that thing out into space immediately. So mm. I, I really liked how it came, how it ended up um, concluding with that, with that. I thought that was actually pretty good. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. I, I did. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Um, and, and as far as the, I guess maybe the A story, because it had more of our characters in it. So uh, over back on the Cerritos, we've got our other storyline with the lower deckers versus other lower deckers, the, the Delta shift. Right. Um, it, it was interesting to see other lower deckers, I think, um, in the little rivalry that they have. Mm -hmm. um, we've some of my favorite parts were sort of the random things that happened, kind of the, the kind of wild stuff, particularly Shax and uh, the doctor in the holodeck. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, they were trying to get rooms. There was a lottery. They were trying to rig it. Right. I, you know, and we've seen competition with this other shift before in the past. But um, I liked, I, I really enjoyed where it took us throughout the ship and just going into sort of various things. But we get to see, so, you know, the first thing I thought of was we get to see Shax and Tirana in the holodeck. And they're playing a bunch of bank robbers in this sort of um, film noir, black and white recreation. And it, it reminded me of the TNG episode, The Big Goodbye, where we get to see Picard's Dixon Hill recreation sort of right away. And... You know, you get the you get that whole thing about the crew sort of commenting on how outdated everything is. I mean, Boyman didn't even know what a bank was. What did he call it? A bunk at one point. And just sort of making fun of the whole idea of, you know, paper transactional currency. But um, we get to see, we sort of see that Shrax and Tirana seem to almost have something going on between them, which I thought was a little bit of a random thing to happen in the middle of this episode. But at the same time, I, I was like... I think it confirmed. Confirmed? Yeah. Yeah. Unless I, one of them was hologram. Well, maybe, but I, I doubt it. Right. I doubt so, it. Um, so I wonder if that will be actually something we revisit or just, you know, uh, a joke. Was this... Joke. Yeah, I mean, was was, the, was there a relationship hint at them in the past? I don't, I, don't remember, I don't remember if there was. Was there? I don't think... Not that I've. Well, noticed. you said confirms it. And I, that's what I thought you were talking about. Oh no, I just mean you know this was pretty definite. Right. We see them underneath the hydroponic bay. There's an entire like there's like a whole like forest underneath the hydroponics bay on uh, on the Cerritos, which I thought was inter was an interesting choice. And they're sort of you know t two of them are you know basically hallucinating because of the different you know gases and stuff that are present in the chamber which i thought was kind of funny but um it also seemed to be a dead crew member in in the in yes. the route yeah <laughs> i thought the hallucinating was fine i i you know maybe 
I just the mood or something that I was in, but I saw it and just thought like, this is ridiculous. The whole right. point of hydroponic is that it takes up less space. You would not need to have an entire root system. Well, Voyager had a hydroponics bay. And so I thought to myself, am I to infer that this is what I'm seeing right now is one deck below them on Voyager as well? Am I, you know, is that so, so? Yeah. But, and then they got to, when they ended up, and then they got to that room where the gravity was much, not as heavy as it was on the, uh, on the rest of the ship. Certainly reminded me there was that, what they called the sweet spot on, in Star Trek Enterprise, where uh, there was that part of the ship where there were like, practically was no gravity and we see it in the first episode i think we see it in one more episode it's a place that travis uh likes to go so they were really kind of enjoying the whole kind of like you know much lighter gravity and boimler of course of course gets stuck at one point because they have to use the main deflector dish to get some asteroids out of the way which is a totally random occurrence but on the way there they end up running into the other to beta shift Mm-hmm. And they have a kind of deep, heartfelt conversation with them, how they should work together and all this stuff. And I just knew where this was going. And, you know, they, they fooled me for a second. I actually thought they we were actually going to have some friendships form at one point. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that's not what happened at the last minute. They kind of screwed them. Beta Shift kind of screwed them and then took off. Mm-hmm. And, but... Although, wh- although our Lower Deckers convinced themselves that it was really... Right. Uh, they were good ones that were going to be screwed by the situation. Right. So that was until they weren't because <laughs> it was kind of a, it was kind of like a double whammy, right? Because they thought, well, yeah, but if one of us gets those quarters and we're not going to be together anymore. And it's sort of, then it kind of brings their whole friendship into focus at this point, And they're like, yeah, we won't be able to do stuff like this anymore. And you know, we should just stick together. And then we find out later on, no, we could have all just Rutherford's like, we could have just shared the entire room together. What are you talking about? Why did that, why did one of you have to take it? We could have all just roomed together in this place. Right. And only Rutherford knew that right away and he wasn't there. Right. Right. So I that that much that I enjoyed quite a bit. I liked how it sort of like ended up coming to that because if they decided to end the episode sort of right then and there and they say, you know, and just again kind of reinforce the friendship between the four of them, it would have been fine. That, that's how I would have expected an episode of Lower Decks to come to an end. But I like that they threw in that extra, that sort of extra layer of Rutherford saying, yeah, but we could have just shared the room. What do you, what do you mean? What are you and talking I really about? Like that, I like that their concern was that the great parties they're going to have. I know. Well, it's weird because the bridge is on deck one. And I've always believed that de- the bridge was the only thing that's on deck one. I didn't realize there were actually like you know, quarters up there. So I know it seems like there's no room for quarters. Yeah. I, 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 but okay. I mean, this is the Cerritos. Yeah. Maybe we're thinking of the enterprise. Well, enterprise Voyager. I mean, deck one has always, I've, I've always believed it to be just the bridge and that's it. It's usually raised up a bit. So yeah, right. That's, that's what I thought. So, but, I think overall it was a fun episode. Again, as we were saying, I don't think that it it didn't I didn't feel like it moved the needle too much. Uh the needle just being like you know, uh any sort of advancement in the characters or, you know, where the uh sort of plot of the series is going. It was just a very standalone. It was it was a far more standalone episode than most of them tend to be. Uh but that seems to have been the case to be the case for almost all this season. Uh, 
it doesn't feel like they're really kind of pushing the envelope any farther. It just seems like they're kind of staying in a relatively safe place. Um, again, it's been a re- relatively amusing season so far, but nothing has really majorly stood out for me just yet. Right, and I don't, I don't need that. Right. But I really feel like the show was kind of um, at its best when we were getting great jokes and right. actual character development. And we talk, talked about that, how the character development was better than what we've seen on some of the live action shows. So I, right. I, I, I get it sort of, I don't need it, but I do miss it. Agreed. So favorite, what is your favorite line? Or lines this week? Well, I've got um, two. One was to stop touching masks. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I do think that Mariner usually has those kind of great lines. Mm-hmm. Kind of one-offs yep. are nice. And yep. then my second one, and not even that it was funny, it was more that, I don't know, I just thought it was a fun idea to be putting on TV, but uh, it was Mariner saying, hello, I'd like to withdraw some paper with no intrinsic value. Money. Well, my favorite line also comes from Mariner, but it's not it is not one of those lines. It's when she says, "What kind of weirdo signs up for a job in outer space just to garden?" And we saw that weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and then as far as what are you calling this? Memberberry corner? For now, yes, memberberry corner. Yes. We use it ironically because we don't think there's anything wrong with Whatever you know, memberberry. The word memberberry is used negatively these days. Yes. But um, so we get to see another member of the species that Arix is from the animated series. Of course, the person who runs this relaxation sort of grotto. So one of the skeletal remains that you are referring to is actually one of those um, the uh, duplers from an embarrassment of duplers. The duplers that would. Uh, duplicate themselves when they would uh, get a was it when they would get scared or offended I think or something like that from last season, so that's what we that's what we actually see yeah. Which means I guess there was one because at the as I recall at the end of that episode, they all came back together into one. So does that mean that there's one dupler we didn't meet, or one that's not accounted for? So because they all, if you remember they all came from the same they all from the same person. It's mm, a good point. Yeah. But nevertheless, I think that was a really uh, that was that was kind of a funny nod. So, um, but I think again, you know, I enjoyed it. I, but I'd like to be enjoying the show a little bit more so far this season. I think it's just been very, somewhat middle of the road. And uh, but again, as I've always said with Lower Decks, as, as I've always observed, I've I've always felt like when the series reaches its sort of halfway mark of the season, they tend mm-hmm. to get they tend to kick it into high gear at that point. It seems like they're kind of just messing around, playing with things for the first half, and then the next, the second half, they really just sort of go all out and just, it's a lot of fun every single week. So uh, if that continues to be the case and that it will be the case this season, then I guess we only have one more week to go <laughs> for when mm. that will happen. So uh, I do have one other member, Barry. Okay. Although there seems to be some controversy about it. Okay. A different membership. <laughs> So um, there's thought that there could have been a Battlestar from Battlestar Galactica floating near the Dove. 
Oh, I did not catch that. It looked like a Battlestar somewhat, although some people are also saying it's a, it could be an Andorian ship. So. Oh, you're talking one of the ships? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. I actually thought it was an Andorian ship, but I okay. can definitely see why... Why people might think it's a Battlestar. But when I think more about it, when I because th- I remember what it looked like. Yeah. It looked it, sort of it looked more like a Battlestar than it would have an Andorian ship. Yeah, it kind of has the front of a Battlestar, but it doesn't really have the side bits yeah. that kind of stick out. So yeah. Well, right. and we saw even actually oddly enough, same episode, uh, the embarrassment of Duplos. That's the episode. That's the episode where they're docked at that space station, and they're trying to get into that exclusive Starfleet party. Then they end up going to that sort of like hole in the wall tavern on the space mm-hmm. station when the episode ends and even like various times when they just sort of show the exterior shot of the Cerritos docked at the space station, you did see some Andorian vessels there, which look very much in the style as they appeared on the, on uh, star Trek enterprise. So particularly, I think that front section of the Andorian ship has the same look as a Battlestar, mm-hmm. but yeah, the ship that you're referring to in this episode had more of a Battlestar look to it than it did the Andorian ships, I thought. Because the Andorian ships have almost have sort of like wings out the sides. Okay. But this one didn't, as I recall. And the Battlestars have almost like, uh, I don't know, like a runner on a truck. Like it's a little bits that go along the side that come out. So it didn't have that either. So I guess it's, it's sort don't, of... Don't doesn't the side of the Battlestar kind of, in a way, somewhat resemble like a Starfleet shuttlecraft? Like it has like something as like yeah. two, yeah, like not yeah. not nacelles, but they look like they look like if like if it were if it were a Starfleet vessel, they would be nacelles. Right to the side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That'd so be a really nice knot if they did that. It's like that reminds me of um, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, but in First Contact, when they show that scene of when they arrive at the uh, Borg battle in the beginning. The Millennium Falcon is in there briefly. Oh yes, yeah, that's very fun. Yeah, you have to. It doesn't immediately stick out. Yeah, you have to have like somebody point it out to you. Yeah, but um, yeah, you do see it there. So I, I, that would not surprise me if like that was intentional. Yeah, they, just they, for a fun little thing. Not, yeah, not they. Mean, yeah, they do stuff like that all the time. I, I thought I remembered seeing something a long time ago. Um, there was a shot in the Phantom Menace where they were showing like all these ships in the background, and oh, one yeah, of the them, Falcon is in the Phantom Menace, or a ship like it. But there was one time, I don't know if it was photo. I saw it a long time ago. I don't know if it was Photoshop. And then the, the Phantom Menace is not a film that I go back and visit on a regular basis. But um, there was a ship that you saw in the background, a profile shot of it that l- sort of had a similar shape to the enterprise but it you know it, it wasn't the enterprise but it sort of like had the same lines and the same oh, similar shapes but it wasn't you know it was it was a somewhat like exaggerated like if you looked at it closely you're like oh yeah i could see that if that's what that was supposed to be you know yeah and, so, and didn't jj abrams put a batmobile in the millennium falcon well he also put um did you know that r2d2 was in star trek 09 Oh, I remember hearing this. Yeah, it's when the Enterprise drops out of warp and into the um, destroyed sort of like graveyard of all these Starfleet vessels, and you see R two D two like among the debris, just kind of like fly fly right by the the uh, view screen pretty quickly. You have to like kind of pause it to see it, otherwise you'll miss it. But yeah, 
That's fun. Yeah, all that stuff is fun. Yeah. So this is if if that is the case, it's not it's not something that is uh, uncommon among all of these sci-fi franchises. Um, yeah. Although, odd. if they threw in like a Babylon Five reference, I would miss it because I didn't watch that show. So I would miss a Babylon Five reference. Yes, I'm sure it's a fine show. Well, I tried to watch it. I didn't really get into it, but anyway. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it this week. So again, you can email us at instartagretrust at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter at Star Trek We Trust, and you can follow us on Instagram at Star Trek We Trust Podcast. Until then, we will see you next week for which episode? Next week will be the episode that we all are in waiting for with bated breath. You know, we're really just, um, we're excited. We're anticipating it. We are, um, you know, looking forward to it. Uh-huh. And it is called Reflections. Is this, how do you know that it's so anticipated? Are you just making all that up? Honestly, I had to pull the page back up, and so I had to kill the time. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know I edit these podcasts. I could have just edited that. It's just instinct because so I being a teacher, there are often times right. when I you know I forgot to like upload the document or something and so I have to kind of kill time. So and you feel you have to be entertaining as you upload the document and just so you're yeah. not Yeah. I can't lose their attention because once it's gone, you never know if I'm See, gonna, it's the opposite for me. Like I if I'm recording somebody doing that and like they have to share their screen, I'll say to them, if you have to share your screen while you're sharing it, don't speak. Do not talk. Do not continue presenting as you are sharing your screen. So I, I, I sort of want the silence so I can easily. But it's different when you're actually like doing demonstrating something in front of a live audience and not being recorded. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I have that skill of being able to say nothing while killing time. Well, we will look back on this next week. We will reflect on that episode and see if it actually ended up what you said, the way you built it up, if it actually ended up being true. We'll see if it was worth all the anticipation. I mean, Reflections is a good name. Yeah. Could be could be great. Could be Mirror Universe great. related, potentially. Reflections? Oh, Reflections. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I doubt it will be, but yeah. If any show should go to the Mirror Universe, though, it is this one. We saw it briefly in the Holodeck simulation, but I, I want them to go there legit. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see everybody next week. Later.